Christmas, we began last Sunday. That was uh, week number one in this new series. And this new series is on the will of God. Uh, the title of the series as a whole is, God, what do you want me to do? Okay, And that is a question that we have often asked. I wanted to share with the church right up front, uh, when it comes to something very specific in your life, uh, we probably can't give you an answer. God wants you to exercise faith and walk not by sight, but by faith and trust Him as He brings an answer to something specific in your life. But we can also share with you, in general fashion, what God's will is for you. And that's what we're talking about. Uh, we're sharing with you, uh, in a general fashion, what uh, God's will is for you. And so today is today's uh, or is the second message in our series and we're going to be talking about God's will for you regarding your church, okay? God's will for you regarding your church. What is God's will for you? So we'll look at that together this morning. But we begin, first of all, with some uh, humor. Uh, it's not good humor, but would you please bear with me? Uh, you'll see right away what I mean by not good humor. But bear with me, um, because there is a reason why I share this humor with you this morning, Okay? So let's begin. What do you call a man with no arms or legs in the ocean? Bob, Bob, good, good. You knew that one, good, okay. Uh, what do you call a guy with no arms and legs in a hole? Phil, Phil, good job. Okay, what do you call a guy with no arms and legs hanging on the wall? Art, art, good job. <laughs> you must have wrote these. I don't know. Okay, good job. Uh, uh, okay, ladies, what do you call a woman with one leg? Eileen, okay, okay. Uh, what do you call an electrician with no arms or no legs? Sparky, okay. All right. Now, there's, there's a point behind all this. You'll have to hang in there with me as we... Uh, talk about that. But anyway, our scripture reading this morning is found in Romans chapter 12. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, please open up to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to be looking at verses 3 through 8 together. Again, we are in a new series of messages uh, entitled, God, what do you want me to do? Well, today we focus on what God wants us to do regarding our church. But we're in Romans chapter 12, where we're going to begin reading in verse 3 and uh, read through verse 8. So here's what our passage says this morning. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. 
So today we talk about what is God's will for me regarding my church. Here's God's will for you regarding your church. God's will for you is that you serve your church body. That's his will. God wants you to serve. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 10. And here's a very, very popular passage. It says this. Look at it with me. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, there's a lot of great information in there. This is a wonderful verse that points to the fact that you were created for a purpose, okay? You were created with intention. God has a purpose for you. Uh, God's intentional. And he says that you are his workmanship, okay? Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, that word that's translated workmanship is a cool word. Uh, in Greek, it's poema. And, that, and from poema, we get our English word, poem, okay? So you are God's workmanship. You are God's poem. You are an artistic expression of the divine one. So you are very important, and he created you for a purpose. And that purpose was he created you for good works. He wants you to serve. And he prepared you beforehand. And we're going to look at that. So how did, what are these good works that he wants us to engage in? Well, let's go to the Bible once again. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now. Uh, in this passage, it uh, gives us some idea of the works that we are to engage in. It's a passage, again, uh, regarding the spiritual gifts that God gives to individuals. Um, there's some good things in here as well. There are different kinds of gifts, the passage says, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Let us pause right there real quick. It says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, you're included there in each one. Okay, You are the each one. You belong to the church. If you belong to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been given a manifestation of the Spirit, if you will. And what you have been given, of course, is a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift. Now, as we continue with this passage, some of the gifts are listed. Uh, to one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues or languages, and still another, the interpretation of languages. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one of us just as he determines. So from this passage, what I wanted to share with you is just some of the works. Remember, you've been created for good works in Christ Jesus. We're asking the question, what are these works? Well, he has given you a spiritual gift to exercise within your church body, 
And as you exercise that gift, you are doing works. It may be in encouraging, as we go back to Romans 12. It may be encouraging. Uh, it may be in teaching. Uh, it may be in, uh, you know, in languages there, the gift of languages, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12. So what we have is we've, been, we've received a gift. God has given us a gift, and we are to use that in the church body. And remember, we're answering the question, what is God's will for you regarding your church? Well, God wants you to plug in and serve your church body. That is his will. And you are his workmanship, and you are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Uh, as a workmanship, as God's workmanship, you've been divinely assigned a spiritual gift. And that gift is for good works, good works, good works within your church body. And uh, as we have talked to, all of us have received a spiritual gift. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God himself has imparted to you a spiritual gift. One for sure, maybe more. You have received a spiritual gift. And since you have received a spiritual gift, God wants you to use that spiritual gift to help his church grow and mature. Okay, that's very important. God has imparted to you a spiritual gift in order that you may help his church grow and mature. That's why he's giving you this gift. So God's will for you regarding his church is that you serve. And uh, now Romans 12 explains that... Uh, how we are to exercise this gift. So we have a gift. We are to use it. Well, how, how, are, how are we to use this? I have a gift. How am I to use it? Well, Romans chapter 12 gives us some principles or gives us some direction on how to use our gift. So let's take a look at this time. There's four things I want to share with you regarding how we are to use our spiritual gift. And, of course, these come from Romans chapter 12. If you have a copy of your bulletin, you can follow along now on the outline and fill in the blank here. Here's number one. Okay, God's will for you regarding your church is that you serve. All right? Now, as you serve, number one here, here's the direction. As you serve, serve humbly. That's the first one. And that comes from verse 3. You are to serve humbly. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment phrase sober judgment talks about having balanced thinking. Now there's a couple extremes that can take place in our thinking regarding our spiritual gift. Uh, extreme number one is this. We think too highly of our abilities and talents. Okay? We think too highly. We begin thinking, you know, I'm God's gift to mankind. Okay? We don't want to go that extreme. Now the other extreme in our thinking regarding our spiritual gift is this. We think of ourselves very low, okay, very low. We can think, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I think I'll go eat some, help me out, worms, okay. So we have the extremes in our thinking regarding our spiritual gift. Paul says, as he was writing chapter 12, he says, you know, I want you to have a balanced thinking about your gift. Don't think you're God's gift to mankind, and don't think of yourself as a worm, Right in the middle. You are very valuable to your church. And he wants us to think that way. Here's a definition of humility. It's pretty good, I think. That's why I'm going to share it with you. Listen to these words regarding a definition of being humble or humility. Humility is honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness 
and our sinfulness. Okay? Humbleness or humility is acquired, I guess, by assessing, evaluating ourselves in light of God's holiness, the perfect God of all this world, and our sinfulness. And those two elements are very good. It says, it goes on and says, without an honest awareness of both these realities, without an honest awareness of God's holiness and our sinfulness, without a, you know, an honest awareness of those two things, all self-evaluation will be skewed and will fail to either understand or practice true humility. So we need to have a good perspective of God's holiness, his awesomeness. And we've got to have a realistic picture of us as well. I'm a sinner. We need a balanced perspective. So, number one, we've got to have a humble attitude, a humble perspective regarding the giftedness that God has bestowed upon us. Let's go to number two. How are we to use our spiritual gift? Remember, the will of God is that you serve your church. And to help in this project of service, he has equipped you with a spiritual gift. How are you supposed to use that spiritual gift? Well, use it in humility. Second of all, serve in honesty. That's number two, serve in honesty. That comes from the second half of verse 3. Let's look at verse 3. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Now, I want to focus on that last uh, section of that verse. Okay? We need to have an honest evaluation, an honest understanding of our verse, in a, in our, excuse me, in our, an honest understanding of our spiritual gift, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given us. So what is that saying? Well, it's saying, here's what I think it's saying, and this is what I gleaned from my study. Some, some of us have a five-gallon faith. Some of us have a ten-gallon faith. Okay? Because of God's reasoning and His perfect design, some of us have this much faith for a particular uh, exercise of our gift, and, and some of us have a great, greater uh, portion. Well, let's, let's even get more realistic here. Someone may have a certain measure of faith given to them by God to teach children's Sunday school classes. Okay? They love working with children, and God has given them an amount of faith where they can uh, minister to children. Now, someone else, let's say we go on to the seminary level in a college, you know, a professor, that individual probably has more faith, okay? So we could say maybe the Sunday school teacher has a five-gallon faith, and then the seminary professor has a ten-gallon faith. Okay. Now, let me ask this question to you. Which one is more important? Is the children's Sunday school teacher more important than the seminary professor? Or is the seminary professor more important than the Sunday school teacher? And your answer would be neither, right? Neither. Very good. Neither of them is more important than the other. Both are very important. However, God, for some reason, has uh, bestowed a little more faith on this seminary professor so that he can study and unearth and deliver, you know, those deep doctrinal and theological statements and issues that the Bible talks about, all right? So, that's what he has, 10-gallon faith, 
versus a five-gallon faith. But understand, neither one is more important than the other. That is very true. Now, uh, before we part, here's something good that you need to know. Okay? We can kind of get hung up. Oh, man, I only have five gallons. Okay? I only have 10 gallons. I need 50 gallons, Lord. Here, here's the good thing about faith. Faith is a muscle that we can exercise and we can increase. Okay? You can start out being a Sunday school teacher or a VBS teacher, and you can end up being a professor in a college. Okay? What you have done, you have used the giftedness that God has given you, and you have developed it. You have exercised that gift, and that gift has become stronger, and therefore you have moved up the ladder, so to speak. So I think it's really important to understand two things. One, uh, the Sunday school teacher and the semi-professor, uh, both are important. One is not better than the other. That's number one. Number two, uh, we can grow in our faith and our competency and so forth. We can move forward and be used by God. So remember that. So we need to have a, uh, use our faith humbly. Excuse me, not faith. We need to use our spiritual gift humbly. And also we need to have an honest evaluation of what kind of gift God has given us. We always joke about this. Here's again back to the honest evaluation. There's people that say, man, I love music. I love singing. But they just don't have a voice, okay? They can make a clanging noise, which God says is joyful too. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? They, they just don't have it. They love music, but they just, God just has not given them that voice to sing with. That's okay. That's okay. Anyhow, there we're back to the, having an honest evaluation of ourselves when it comes to our giftedness. Number three, we need to serve intentionally. That's in verses 4 and 5, again, of Romans 12. Uh, we need to use our gift. Remember, uh, God's will for you regarding your church is that you serve. Serve humbly. Uh, serve honestly, and last, not lastly, but thirdly, serve intentionally. Let's explore that. Just as each of us has one body, Romans says, with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many uh, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Okay. Now here, what I want to point out is the church is described as a body. The church is described as a body. Every part of the body is important. Okay. Okay. Take your thumb. You know, hold your thumb down. Now try to pick up that pen and write, all right? Okay, you're with me on that, right? Every body part is important. So every person is important to the church body. Let's read in 1 Corinthians 12. Now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. In the whole body, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Now, let me ask you a question here. Which body part would you be willing to part with? 
it's a tough decision, right? I mean, let's be honest. None of us wants to give up a body part. It's important to us. We want to keep it. I mean, all the way down to that little toe. We want to keep it because it has a function. It's part of the body. You belong to something bigger. You belong first and foremost to Jesus Christ. Okay, that's where your allegiance, that's where your loyalty first begins and, and it must be. You belong to Jesus Christ. Okay, if you've placed your faith and trust in him, you belong to him. That's number one. Secondly, you belong to your church. And that's what Romans said, okay? We all belong to each other, it says there in Romans. And that's in verse 5. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. So first, first and foremost, you belong to Jesus Christ. But second of all, you belong to the church. God has given you a spiritual gift so that you could accomplish his will. And what is his will? That you serve your church body. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to serve your church body. So that's so when you plug in and use your gift, you're being intentional. And remember, that was number three of our outline. We need to serve intentionally. We need to understand God has gifted me, and God does not want me to sit on my gift, but he wants me to exercise it, to plug in and serve his church body because it's you and your giftedness that helps the church to mature and grow. You are essential. Okay, you are essential. That's how God designed it. Number four, serve obediently. Serve obediently. Remember, God has given you a spiritual gift. God's will for you is that you use that gift in the church. And as you exercise your gift, serve obediently. Serve obediently. Look at it with me. Verses 6 and 8. Uh, in verses 6 and 8, there's a repetition that takes place. And I want you to follow along as I read that passage, and I want you to pull out the repetition. What is the repetition? So that's your assignment. What's the repetition? Here we go, verses 6, 7, and 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So there's a repetition that takes place in those, that passage. Did you pick up on it? What is that repetition? Let, let, did you see it? Let him. Okay. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, there's a repeated phrase numerous times. It says, let him. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's uh, encouraging, let him encourage. So what I want to point out here, this, that phrase, let him, is an exhortation to service. Okay? This is coming from God's word. God's word is presenting to us as believers an exhortation. God says, I have given you a, a spiritual gift. There's a divine impartation into your life because you've trusted in Jesus. It may be encouragement. If yours is encouragement, well then encourage. Maybe it's teaching. 
Well, if your gift is teaching, well, then teach. You see, there's that exhortation. God doesn't want us to be idle in his church. He doesn't want us to be just a body within the body of Christ, okay? He wants us to plug in, to serve, to help his church move forward in growth and maturity. So that's the obedience part. Let him. Just, we need to do it. If you have it, use it. If you have it, use it. So remember, now we're in a series of messages. God, what do you want me to do? We're talking about the will of God. Well, today's answer is, God, what do you want me to do? God says, I want you to serve your church body. Because you are my workmanship, God says. You are my workmanship. I've created you. I have created you for good works that I've prepared beforehand. And that preparation beforehand is he's given you a gift. A gift to be used in the context of his church body. Okay? So, that's what we're talking about. Each one of us has been given a spiritual gift to use. So, the question that I propose to you as we come to an end, we're wrapping her up here. My question I propose to you as we come to an end, are you serving in your church? Are you using the gift God has given you to bless your church? What do you call a man with no legs and arms lying in a hole? Bill. Well, what do you call a man with no legs and arms? He's hanging on a wall. Art. What do you call a man, a guy with no legs or arms in a mailbox? This is new. Bill. <laughs> what do you call a church with no arms? Or legs. I don't know, but I know it's not funny. Okay? It's not funny. See, God uses the analogy of the body on one on more than one occasion in Scripture here. And he does so to describe the function of the church. And he makes it very clear that every part of the church is essential to its functioning, its maturity, its growth, its spiritual effectiveness. Every part is important. When you're not using your gift, your church becomes a spiritual amputee. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do regarding your church? God says, serve. I've equipped you. Serve. Let's pray together. God, I want to just thank you once again for the challenge that you bring to us weekly out of your word. And Lord, it's, for me, it's been fun kind of studying what your will is for us in a general matter, not so much specifically, but... Lord, we're learning that uh, you want us to be involved. You want us to be servants. You want us to exercise our legs, our, our arms, our hands, our eyes, our ears, because each part is so important. Lord, may we 
listen and may we respond to your challenge this morning. And I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.